Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of Lagos to Lancaster. My name is Hannah, many people know me as Ade Towong, and this podcast is going to be discussing the experiences of students who live in UK or abroad from the perspective of students who have not always lived in UK or abroad. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy the upcoming episodes. Thank you very much. I'd like to start with a brief background about me. I was born in UK, but I spent most of my life in Nigeria. I did my nursery school, primary school and secondary school education in Nigeria. I also did a lot, a bit of university, and then I moved to UK where I did my A levels for two years, and now I'm currently in uni in Lancaster Uni, which you would have um, found out by the title of this podcast. So yes, um, <laughs> this is very exciting. I am quite nervous. I've literally recorded and re-recorded this intro, so hopefully this one sticks. And today's topic will be about culture shocks. And honestly, I chose this topic because I have also had, when I moved to UK, I had a lot of culture shocks and it was really hard adjusting because of that. So I sent a survey to you guys to ask you guys how your experiences have been when you first moved here. So I'm going to read some of those personal experiences and talk about how my experience kind of relates to yours in a sense. So let us pick one. Um, Oh, this one is quite interesting. So this person said, I struggled with my Nigerian accent a lot. There was a lot of pressure from my mom to change my accent because of job opportunities. And there was pressure from school because I got bullied for it. First of all, I'm very sorry you got bullied. I feel like a lot of Africans can relate when they first move here and they can sense that they sound different and you can see people's reaction when you raise your hand up to uh, to answer a question and things like that so honestly i do i do understand um even though i spent a lot of my time my life in nigeria i i've kind of developed this sort of hybrid accent so honestly i i understand where you're coming from and i kind of understand how your You have that pressure to, you know, speak a certain way. And what I found personally is when I do talk to people, my accent um, bounces off on their own accent, which in a way makes it worse because then it sounds like you're trying to, (laughs) then it sounds like you're trying to sound like them. And if you've ever heard a Nigerian trying to, like someone that's, has like a Yoruba accent or an Igbo accent trying to, you know, speak British. It's it's honestly, it can be very, it can be very awkward. I'm saying this, but 
that's probably how I sound right now. <laughs> so I honestly, I, I understand. And I don't think your mom should pressure you. I think as long as you articulate, as long as like you are saying your words properly and you are, you're projecting properly, I don't think you should worry about that at all. I think it makes you unique and you're bringing a special spice to the company or whatever it is or whoever it is that you are interacting with. So that is my take on that. Okay, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next um, answer to my questions. Oh, someone said. <laughs> someone said the cold compared to back home, and the bipolar weather where everyone is allergic to something. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> Okay, so you can choose one. In my opinion, choose one. Is either you ha you you put up with the mosquitoes, or you just have cold for I don't know, maybe five months or like six months out of the year. So pick one. Because when I start to complain, I think about how mosquitoes in Nigeria they don't have a season. You know, they 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 are there forever. So I'm just like you know. I'm appreciating the cold because at least that's not a good environment for mosquitoes to, you know, live in. And yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of how I console myself in situations like that. But yes, the cold shocked me. When I moved here, it was, I was lucky in the sense that the next year was COVID. <laughs> the next year was COVID, so I could stay home for a while so while it was cold i was able to just relax at home and not have to brave the horrible weather but yeah no i get it and i think with allergies i just think it's because it's cold and i know people say the cold is not what causes cold is not what causes the cold but i just think because it's cold and it's wet and yeah i just i just think that's why honestly but yeah that is some <laughs> that is something that i can strongly relate to i can strongly relate to okay let's look at another um another answer yeah a lot of you talked about how the environment was just you know hard to adjust to and honestly i understand i get it i've been there um oh <laughs> this one is actually a personal favorite of mine and of my sister too we always laugh about this it's are you all right oh my god when when i first moved here i remember um my mom she took me to her one of our uni farewell parties something like that like goodbye party right that was the first interaction i had with someone that was british like and and white and so we so i'd gotten there now and then my my mom was like hi this is my daughter you know um she just she just came from nigeria she's come to join me and then i'm like oh good afternoon or <laughs> Good afternoon. And this lady was like, are you all right? And then I was just like shocked by that question. Because <laughs> if you know, if you know in Nigeria, are you all right is nothing short of an insult. Like, are you all right means are you okay in the head? <laughs> are you okay in the head is, is, is never something that's, that's like, is never something that's just, you know, 
that's about caring about how you're doing or whatever it is. And we'll delve into that later because I also believe that are you all right is not a genuine question <laughs> as well. But at least we can establish that it's definitely a whole different definition in the UK. So I I don't even know how I responded to that, but she said, are you all right? And I was just like, um, yes, thank you. I'm okay. <laughs> And I was just ready to do the normal greeting, like, oh, good afternoon, how are you, you know, oh, how have you been, or how is this thing, or how is that? So it just threw me off completely. So honestly, <laughs> are you all right? That is, that is, that is something that, oh, okay, let's look at the next one. This is this also links to are you all right? And this person said, everyone asks you, are you all right? As if they're your friends, but they actually might not even like you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyways, you just got to engage and move on. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't read this beforehand. This is, <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> it's so hilarious because I can relate so much. Because I think in Nigeria, uh, probably in African countries, or ethnic countries, there's a lot of, you know, sense of community. There's a lot of um, familial kind of relations. So when someone is actually asking, oh, um, Bawo, how are you? You know, you feel like, you know, you could actually even disclose how you are, even to a complete stranger. <laughs> but I think here it's, it's just one thing just one word is just politeness that's it politeness they just they're just being polite that is how it is in uk <laughs> some people do genuinely care though like care about how you are like but if you see someone randomly at the bus stop and they ask you are you all right um don't expect too much <laughs> and um in general you should just say yeah i'm all right how are you you know just ask them back and there's nothing wrong with also, you know, disclosing if you're all right or not. Like, you could chat with people, you know. Not saying it's going to go anywhere or they actually care, but, you know, if you just feel like you do want to talk to someone or you do want to just vent, you know, because they, you know, British people, they do it a lot as well. Sometimes they randomly vent. And I think I saw someone talk about that too here. Um, like... Um, how easy it is for people to in UK to kind of confide in you and like how in Nigeria if you're going through something with your you know with your family you know you're always pressured to keep it secret keep the family secret inside so that you're not you know they're not embarrassed you know so I think I saw something about how in UK she or this person, rather, I don't know who this person is, but this person said they they realized that British people are more they can they easily talk about their problems, their boyfriends, their relationships, their marriage issues. That's one thing that she I remember seeing. But anyway, let's go to the next one. Um, someone talked about the noise, and honestly, I understand that too because it's so quiet here. In Nigeria, you'll be hearing Okada, you'll be hearing the mosque, you'll be hearing the churches, you'll be hearing one person haggling, one person shouting, one person calling their child's name, Junior, Junior, you know? That's how it is in Nigeria. But here, yeah, no one, no one, no one. Oh, oh, why would, why am I go how am I going to forget this? And the generators, jeez. 
degenerators. Don't even get me started. I remember in in my grandma's place in Nigeria, there was a rule to put off the generators at 12. I don't know if that's something that's now widely done in like Lagos, but I really appreciated that role in the estate. So at least 12, even though there's no lights and there, you can hear the mosquitoes, you can still have a bit of peace and quiet. Hopefully you'd have charged your phones by then. But yeah, oh, another one is paying for birthday dinners with your own money. <laughs> oh my God. So I actually have... <laughs> So I can I can I can relate to this really hard because I remember in in Nigeria when I do have when we 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 would have birthdays right we would it we knew it was our personal responsibility for everybody so we'd beg our parents for money you know and then obviously we'll host our friends I think most people at least when I was in Nigeria and around my own age, it'd be it'd be like, you know, your mom will cook jollof rice, you know, and your friends will come and then they'll play music or something like that. Or you guys go and watch a movie and you would um, like whatever they buy in the movie, you are the one that will pay for it because as per, you know, birthday girl, birthday boy, you are going, everybody's following you. You pay for everybody's food. That was the appeal. That's the reason why people went to birthday parties because of free food, birthday dinners because of free food, basically. <laughs> and then you come here and then you realize that you have to pay for yourself. You know, <laughs> everybody has to pay for themselves. And but there are pros to cons, uh, pros and cons rather. There are pros and cons to to that um, approach. But it was it was a culture shock where you realize that you know you have to pay for like thirty pound dinners, forty pound dinners, and you know it's not the same. It's just it's just not the same when you when same thing with parties in Nigeria. If you go to a party, food guaranteed, like food guaranteed. Don't even don't even need to don't need to worry about that. But here there's hardly any parties with food guaranteed you might have snacks and stuff but there will definitely be drinks but there's nothing there's no party that would ever like have food guaranteed consistently anyway so yeah where was i yeah so the paying for birthday dinners thing girl i know i understand that like i get it it is a culture shock i think when i did it for my friends i i i also implemented it but also, there's really no money to be. <laughs> there's really no money to be paying forty pound dinners for eight people. Let's be realistic, okay? Like you're complaining, but would you actually pay? <laughs> would you actually pay for eight of your friends? I guess it depends on how many friends you have. But if you have like twelve or ten friends, and you're there's a long time with the dinner, and then they now order forty pound stuff, like that's like four hundred pounds. Like who, who has money for that? Like even if you ask your mom for that, would she know? <laughs> We should not send you away. So let's be let's be realistic, okay? Let's keep it a stack, okay? Okay. Next one. Uh, <laughs> this person said sticking to time. <laughs> this person said sticking to time. Honestly, I feel like we should be low-key ashamed of ourselves. <laughs> This person said, I, I, I proper be going to class at 9.02 and everyone is already settled. <laughs> no, because here, 
you can't do African timing unless you're going to an African event. So that's it. That's it. That's just it. If you're going to like my, the society in my um, uni, NSOC or ACS, like which most of the unis have anyway, Nigerian society and Afro-Caribbean society, if it's that kind of event, then of course, you know, it's a safe space to be late because the organizers are probably going to be late. So that's fine. But for other things, right, if you don't come on time, you, you snooze, you lose. First comes, first served. You're not getting getting anything. Or you're going to be walking into the lecture room when everybody's already settled, settled down and the lecturer is already speaking. So that is... <laughs> that is a culture shock that you're going to have to, you know, get used to, you know. So, yeah. I think that's it with events that are not... African or events that are non-Nigerian. You just have to respect the time. Let's go through another one. I'm really enjoying your responses. <laughs> and a lot of you from different countries as well. Cameroon, Congo, Kenya, Nigeria. I really appreciate you guys answering my questions. Let's see the next. A lot of people said paying for birthday dinners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, someone said communication. A man them trying to spot me. Honestly, I can't deal. I, I I just can't deal with 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 like this is this is now the the what would you call it? Would you call it the London London lingo? You know, the, like black people living in London lingo or something. Before they come for me, it's not just London, but. I think I think it's like a southern thing. Um, yeah, the spot me, the uh, what you say. <laughs> I remember this this um, this guy on Snapchat. Uh, I don't I didn't know him from anywhere. He he messaged me and he put the letters W Y S. Tell me why I was calling my cousin because she lives. She's always lived in UK. I was calling my cousin. I was asking her, "What is this? And how do you respond to this?" I spent like a whole twenty minutes trying to, like, decide how do you exactly respond to what are you saying? Because I was never saying anything. You know, that's your first message. What do you mean? What was I saying? You know, no, how are you? No, hello. No, um, you know, how you doing? Is what you saying? How do you even? How? Where do you even start from with that? Like, where do you? Like what you not not how you doing like what's up you know how Nigerians say oh what's up how far you know I guess you could say if you, if you were to send a British person how far they'll be wondering what you meant to so you know we have our own too <laughs> we have our own weird lingo because if you say how far they'd probably be thinking what do you mean like how far what but like if it's a Nigerian they just know how far means you know how you doing what you up to so. I guess I can't come for that, you know, too much, too heavy. But yeah, what are you saying? Spot me. Yeah, yeah. I just, that's something that I, I just cannot adjust to. And I remain adamant that I will not adjust to it. So that is a shock that would remain always a shock. Okay. Let's see the other questions. <laughs> Hmm. A lot of people are talking about the food. <laughs> I'm lucky. My mom's always been here. So I I get to, you know, eat Nigerian food consistently. 
like she packs like a big like pack she packs like a lot of packs of jollof rice for me basically or like a big container of jollof rice so i've honestly never had to consistently unless i actually actively sought like sought like went out to seek it myself so i i wish i could relate um but i'm glad i don't relate so yeah but i do get it i feel like my younger sister she's 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 kind of adjusted to it a lot because you see her like getting school lunches because she's in high school well no longer in high school but she was in high school she get she'd be getting school lunches and things like that but yeah no i get it because even british people you know they go out for indian they go out for you know mexican food chinese thai food <laughs> like so that's so funny to me when you said they don't even eat it themselves <laughs> then don't eat it you two don't eat it it's like make food there's african honestly there's african um supermarkets but i do understand that some places you know in uk or even abroad do not have easily accessible african supermarkets but i'm lucky that i live really close to like a, like a lot of africans and really close to an african community so i'm able to just you know pick what i want but yes <laughs> i get that i get that completely someone also talked about the rice i haven't okay so i've had rice once i've had like british rice in quotes once and it was one of those ones that they come in a sachet, they come in like a packet, and then you put it in your bowl and then you warm it up. Worst thing I've ever eaten. Worst rice I've ever eaten. <laughs> I'm still I'm still a strong believer of get your rice from African shop, cook it the normal way, not even rice cooker, because, uh, I don't know, cook it the normal way, and that's how you get your nice, authentic, you know, rice, um, feeling you know but food is another topic that we're gonna delve into on the later episode but honestly for food there's there's a lot to talk about <laughs> there's a lot to talk about mm. ah this person this is quite interesting actually this person talked about how the gen z like generation in uk are very short term in thinking and they don't think about the future and this is quite interesting because <clears throat> i have i have a take on this i have a very interesting take on this might, might not be interesting but i have a take on this which many people might also have but um I feel like when you come from an ethnic household or when you come from an ethnic background or you've lived in Nigeria most of your life like I have, you have been, you know, conditioned to always, you're, you're, you're always going to think long term. There's no way you're not always going to think long term. And coming here and seeing that it's a bit different would always be a shock to you. Because in Nigeria, you're just thinking, okay, where, what, this, what I'm doing, where am I? 
what am I trying to like? I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to, you know, I need to be in a better position I'm in right now. Your parents are saying I want you to be much, you know, they're already saying at a early at a very early age, they're already letting you know that we want your life to even be better than our own. You know, we want you to do so much better than we 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 have done. We want you to be excel so much more. Even at a young age, that's the kind of message that we are being told. We want you to do better than we are doing. Like I don't really see anyone any like I don't I don't I'm not sure if I mean one of these episodes I will like, you know, bring in someone that's always lived in UK. You know, and hear their perspective on this, but I don't think that's the kind of message that parents are really telling their kids at such a young age. Like, oh, look at my life! I want you to do so much more than I am doing right now. I want you to be in a better position than I am. So you are kind of pushed to think about the future, and that's why we have a lot of tenacity and we have a lot of grit and resilience because the present doesn't really exist. We can take a lot because the present doesn't really exist. We can persevere, we can we can struggle, we can hustle because we are so future focused, nothing is really hard. And that's something else I'm gonna talk about, you know, in terms of education, the choices we pick to like study and how we, you know, go about, you know, excelling and things like that. But that's something that we'll talk about later. But yes, I think this person talking about how they don't think long term i understand that because even so during my a levels um during my a levels i noticed some classmates and they obviously because i just recently moved right i was just so shocked <laughs> i was so shocked by the fact that they weren't they weren't you know as as high energy was as charged up as I was, you know, to get it right, to, you know, be be the teacher's favorite in a sense, you know, to know it, to ask questions to this. There was a bit of, not, don't get me wrong, there were people that were, you know, really participating, but not the same level, just, just not the same level as in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we, like, just just underneath the 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 just underneath the category of forward thinking right we really 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 we really um we really admire and look up to people that are outspoken respectfully but outspoken and smart that is not something that is particularly um celebrated by the majority in UK like it's not it's not really celebrated by the majority in UK and that could also link to the fact that you know the forward thinking and the you know short term view thing that's one of the um that this person talked about and it could be it could it could link to that but yes i do i i honestly agree you will find some people who are just like you they think long term you know they are you know hustling in a sense when i say hustling i just mean like i'm just using it to to um cover also like studying and you know doing going to uni and doing courses and things like that so that's what i mean by hustling <laughs> so yeah so there isn't that hustle culture that you know oh i'm doing this for my future i'm doing this for the kids you know before like when the kids come in after me i'm doing it for my grandparents back home i'm doing it for this back home like there's nothing like that and the reason i would say there isn't is because not only did they, they don't not only did they not have that same 
voice speaking in their head or parents speaking in their head that you need to do better, you need to do, you know, you need to be able to... <laughs> oh my God, I just remembered how. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can remember or if anyone can relate to this. How, if you forget a pen in... <laughs> If you forget to bring your pen to school, the teacher will say that you, you basically amount to nothing in life. <laughs> it's all, I remember you forget your pen and they're like, oh, that's how you're going to fail, <laughs> fail your exams. Or you forget your pen and it's like almost, it's almost the end of the world that this is now the catalyst to you not doing well at all. You know, no, no success can ever come after this. <laughs> I remember that it was like one error and it's over. So yeah, that kind of that kind of links. That's a memory that just popped into my head like randomly. But yeah, that kind of links to how even from a very young age we have been conditioned to always think about how what we do now would affect us in the future. Now from an economic side of things because i'm an economic girly of course you know have to bring that perspective into there um from an economic side of things it's obviously you know they there's no pressure to think to the future like the only pressure I would say in UK is when they're talking about, oh, climate change, oh, you know, our, our, um, <clears throat> our environment, you know, you know the, the generation of now is ruining our environment for us and our children are going to be living in a very, you know, polluted environment, polluted country, polluted world, you know, and global warming and things like that. That's when I really hear that future narrative come into play. Don't get me wrong, that's very, very important. But as Nigerians, we don't have that luxury of caring about the climate. Not not too much because, not saying we don't, because I remember doing like a climate change essay and I did see a lot of Nigerian papers and I was like, wow. So Nigerians really be, it was about like how cows produce methane and that's, you know, basically pollutes the air, you know. And I was like, wow. So Nigerians really do be, you know, researching on this and pardon me if, if I'm, you know, a bit um, not well informed because I've, I've not been in Nigeria for a few years now. So, but I would say that we don't really have the luxury to think about climate or to think about that because people are having hard lives out there. Like people, the economy is not great. Inflation through the roof, the currency completely depreciated. Like no one has the time to be living in the moment. You better not be living in the moment because if you live in the moment, there'll be no moment to live in in the future. You know, that's just it. That's just it. So, yeah. But here, yes, people complain, and sometimes I'm, I'm like, that's a bit, that's a bit ironic. You know, you complaining, cost of living crisis. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It has affected us. It's affected my mom, yeah, and, and my family, and everybody else, and my friends. But, um, <laughs> but cost of living crisis is not the same as the kind of crisis that you know Nigerians face and things like that anyway all this to say that British in UK they have the luxury of being able to say you know 
let's live in the moment, you know, let's go out, let's spend all our money. Because the money will come back, you know. The compared to Nigeria, the pay is phenomenal, is excellent. So, but in Nigeria, you need to, because you don't know what will happen, you know, that kind of thing. Because with when you're in Nigeria, it's kind of like, just a disclaimer, I, I haven't, I'm not going to pretend that I've lived a rough life in Nigeria because I have not. But obviously, I have I listened to stories, I've witnessed stories, things like that, and that is what I am basing this off of. So, um, <laughs> off on. So yeah, so um, yeah, like you know, Nigeria is it's it's tough you know you have one issue maybe a, maybe a problem with your house that you need to repair and boom you're like in debt like simple it doesn't take long to be in debt one day one weekend one car one car one car malfunction one um, person that did not you know repay repay the money that you borrowed them one you know one school fees or one textbook that you have to buy one course that you have to do one weird transports journey that you have to take to somewhere and it's all over you know it's all over so yeah we can't afford to nothing about the future we just can't it's not a luxury but i would advise that keep that mindset don't try and adjust to the short-term nature the short-term view of people in um uk there are con there are pros to it and there are cons like everything with short-term view, you, you can live in the moment and you can relax, you know? Even even the concept of delayed gratification, I already learned that from uh, from probably nine years old. Can you imagine? Delayed gratification. That's already a concept that most of us have to, you know, deal with, delayed gratification. But I don't really know if that's something that is a theme among UK students or even just UK, like, you know, in UK in general, you know? So yes, um, yes. Yeah, so enjoy. Make sure you keep. Make sure you still hold on to that long-term approach because it's incredibly useful. I know it seems like a lot of people in UK don't see it that way, but a lot of people do as well. So I think it's half and half because my friends do take that approach. So you should still hold on to that long-term. Um, approach but also enjoy things enjoy yourself you know enjoy yourself you just need to it just needs to be a balance and it's not easy if it was easy everybody would be having a happy life successful everything it's not easy every day you learn how to balance it but i don't think you should continually be like ah you know i need to stay you know i, I need to study for this thing these people they're going out to the club you know ah they're going to the club they don't even see anything long term you know they're not even thinking about the future that's why they're going to the club you know so me i'm going to stay here i'm not going to go out i'm not going to go on trips i'm not going to go on any vacation i'm not going to go, go to this uh this uh, meeting you know with uh, I'm not going to go to any society meeting. I'm not going to go to any uh, um, what are the things? What are the things I even do? <laughs> I'm literally exposing myself now. I'm not going to go to any. Uh, I'm not going to play any card games. I'm not going to go and visit my friend. I'm not going to go to the club. I'm not going to go to any party. I'm not going to go to any trip. I'm not going to go to any uh, society activity. I'm not going to go to any uh, uni activity. I'm just going to stay, study, and you know, pass. Because at the end of the day, this is my future. I need to take care about my future. You know, it's just my future. That's all that matters. No, 
I do not think he should do that. If that lies your personality, go for it. I mean, lucky girl, lucky you, lucky, lucky boy. But I still think you should embrace that short-term nature. Embrace that. But don't let that become... Don't embody it. Just, just use it for when it aligns with your own timetable in a sense uh -huh. so use that short-term view enjoy that when it aligns where you know you can afford it <laughs> yeah think that way when you know you can afford it but yeah <laughs> but that's very interesting that is very interesting i really love your responses i really love your responses this person said the social hierarchy with physical appearance ah guys if I talk about physical appearance, I will be here for years. That needs to be, again, another episode. Someone just entered the studio randomly. Lovely. I'm not too sure how... I'm not too sure what this person exactly means in terms of social hierarchy. And I'm, I apologize if I don't touch on, you know, what that person is actually trying to say. But... Um, <laughs> For me, I will touch on the physical appearance thing and the differences I noticed, right? So, <laughs> so one thing I noticed about physical appearance is when I moved here, strangely enough, I know we see a lot of white models on TVs and adverts and everything and they're skinny and everything. Strangely enough, when I moved here, I stopped feeling like I was chubby. Growing up... I've always been, you know, and it's something that, <laughs> again, we want to discuss later on. But, you know, relationship with our body and, you know, how we view ourselves and how Nigeria, how the culture about body and our family and how they relate to your physical appearance and how they talk to you about it. That is that is a whole other topic. But... <laughs> Let's just stick to the humorous side of it. When I moved here, I felt skinny. I felt like a skinny girl, you know? Because I guess in Nigeria, everybody everybody just comes for you. Whether you are chubby, on the chubby scale to, to obese scale, you know you're in trouble if, you're, if you are fat, you know? <laughs> you know you're in trouble from when I was younger, we hear Orobo on the streets, you know? If you're not like Yoruba, Orobo means a fat person, basically. And in Nigeria, everybody has apparent, like they feel like they have the right to comment on your body. And what is so strange is that even me saying this, it's, 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 it does show that I have kind of been, um, I kind of assimilated quite a bit into the UK culture because me saying, speaking about your body and speaking about physical appearance, that's a, that's, that's even a discussion that I don't think, you know, I would have thought about too much if I hadn't moved to the UK and I, and then I'm like, huh, like these people were actually speaking on things they had no business speaking about because they could just have, you know, kept shots. Because why is the woman that is selling pepper on the road shouting at me and saying, Oroba, you know, at a young age, what was I supposed to do? I was supposed to, like, I would just cry. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how I did it then. I feel like now that I'm in UK, I've gone back to like a, a bit of a fragile, fragile state in the sense where I don't know if I'll be able to handle that same you know that same bluntness 
that Nigerians have when I move back, if I move back, you know. I don't I don't know if I'll be able to handle that bluntness. So <laughs> anyway, physical appearance is such a big, big thing. When I moved here, yeah. When I moved here, I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually not so fat. You know, there's a lot of people that are my, you know, my my size, you know. There was, there was a lot of body positivity going on. And I was feeling like, you know, I was feeling so empowered, feeling so confident in my body. Like, I would say for a good one year or two years, I did not actually care about my body size. And it was honestly the most freeing thing in the world coming from somewhere that you know it was constantly constantly said you know i feel like some people some people i don't think they've ever had a moment where a year where they've said um they've never ever said i need to go on a diet i need to cut i need to work out i need to do this and i think it's i think it's a bit sad but I remember coming to UK, which is something I'm, I'm suffering from right now. But I came to UK and I was like, for two years, actually it was meant to be one year, but for two years, I'm not going to go on any diet. I just want to be. I just want to be, just exist, just be, just be myself, be, just be there. Like, why do I have to always be in a state of metamorphosis or a state of transition, you know, or just trying to move from my actual state? Why was I always trying to do that? There's no year where I've not, where I've not done at least before I moved to UK, rather. There's no year I've not, I've not done, oh, I'm going to do New Year resolution. Weight loss, always there. Fat loss, always there. Go gym, always there. Why did I always have to want to change? You know, and that was such a huge thing with, with you know, with moving and things with like transitioning. Like I, I just decided that today, like this year, I'm not going to care. I'm just not going to care. And it really helped me mentally. It was freeing. It was freeing. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I did move here and I felt, you know, very good. I remember at that time, it, this song, this Lizzo song came out and I watched her video and I was like, oh, wow. You know, like this is, UK is different, different. I'm not even sure if a lot of Nigerians had heard about Lizzo at that time because she was still quite new. But I was like, damn, like this is, everybody's, you know, not saying she didn't have critics, but <laughs> everybody seems to be cool with, you know, with this, you know, she's in the media, she's bold, she's brave. Everyone's enjoying the music, bopping to it. And no single person, nobody, apart from the internet, nobody I've spoken to, interacted with ever, body shamed Lizzo. So that gave me a lot of confidence. So I'm sorry if that is not the um, aspect of physical appearance that you are referring to, because I do understand if it has to do with skin color and, you know, being light-skinned, that's another conversation. I do understand that, but um, I think... Yeah, today I'm just going to talk about, you know, body weight. Let's just let's just keep to one, you know, topic for today. Let's just talk about body weight for now, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's very interesting. I came here and I didn't really care about how I looked. I didn't care about, um, not that I didn't care about how I looked. I wanted to look good, but 
um I didn't care that I was a bit chubby. I didn't care that I had some fats on my face, fat on my stomach. I didn't really care in comparison to Nigeria. And if we're now going to talk about fashion, which is which is a very broad thing to talk about, but I will mention a certain experience that I did have. When I moved <laughs> when I moved to from UK to from Nigeria to UK and I went to like I moved to Manchester, so that's where I was staying for a while. I was just, I was very underwhelmed, very, very underwhelmed by the fashion here, like in Manchester. I'm not sure about other cities, but I was very, very underwhelmed. And maybe in America is, is a bit different. You know, I grew up watching American media. So I thought that when I came to UK, like it would be like that, like in terms of high school, in terms, in terms of, you know, um, dressing and the way they relate with each other. Big shock of my life. It was not like that. It was it was not like that at all. Um, yeah, I was very underwhelmed. There was a lot of the kind of dressing is mainly dressing down, you know, tracksuits, trackies, just, you know, sweatpants. I used to think sweatpants were nighty. I thought sweatpants were, what's it called, things you wear to sleep, you know, or things you wear. I thought it was loungewear, which it still is, but people wear it out, wear it with, you know, um, that's how it, that's how it is in UK. People just wear it with a cute top, just to go go out. Not not for important occasions. People do dress up for important occasions, but the normal dressing that we see on the on the streets, shopping things like that, is is very dressed down. And I think how the way they now like make it cool is if or oh, let's say the hoodie is designer or is um even even i'm still not even really good at all these brands that people really hype but let's say designer adidas it's um, nike things like that especially on the boy side of things yeah especially on the boy side of things they i i in my opinion i would class that as low efforts that is what I would class that as, low effort. So, yeah, that was very underwhelming for me. But I'm sure if you're if you're also in America, you will get that because I, I used to see some TikToks and they wear pajamas to school <laughs> as well. So if you are listening from from America, I'm sure this, this part would have really resonated with you <laughs> about how overwhelming, underwhelming it is. Because in Nigeria, we really take... We really take dressing up seriously. At least if we're going to lectures, if we're going to class, if we're going to school, things like that. So <laughs> someone said English breakfast is overrated. I cannot agree with that. I'm so sorry. Because English breakfast sometimes modified English breakfast because I don't I don't have the full thing, but certain days you just want your English brekkie. You just want that. You know, you just, you just can't. It, it just slaps. It just slaps. It, it, it just slaps, you know. Like, uh, I can't agree with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm becoming a proper British girl. Please. Uh, but no, 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 no. I know that. It, I'm not saying that it beats Nigerian breakfast. It doesn't beat agege bread and egg. It doesn't beat custard. It doesn't beat agara. It doesn't, it can't, it just can't, you know. But English breakfast some days uh, is good, it's good. You know, your your toast with with um, 
your eggs and baked beans and uh, sausages and um, mushrooms for people who eat mushrooms and sausages for your fried bread because apparently there's fried bread as well when when i went to this um when i went to this conference and we had breakfast the next day i saw fried bread on fried fried bread on the menu i was like wow it was really nice i mean it, it, it was crispy and oily which which nigerians love so I, I enjoyed it very much so yeah there's fried bread there's egg there's sausages there's toast there's you know baked beans uh -huh, there's baked beans as well so certain days certain mornings you know you just find yourself gravitating towards an english brekkie but um i could see why you think it's overrated but i cannot argue with you on that one i'm so sorry so sorry <laughs> someone also said having so many bills to pay hmm having so many bills to pay i'm saying like i pay any bills <laughs> I don't pay bills. <laughs> I don't pay bills, but 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 lucky I do because at the end of the day, even though I get student loan, I'm paying for it back. So I pay bills like my rent, you know, like even the electricity is is embedded in the rent and gas and things like that. But I think um I've never really had to Oh yeah, I did. So when I was interning early this year i did live on my own <laughs> and i felt it a little bit let me not lie i felt the rent and i felt the transports you know having to pay for those but the reason why i didn't really bring it up is because it was just just for two months you know so yeah at least the 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 proper categories of bills like the actual well-known bills i haven't paid for it i have paid for my phone bill though I, I i i'm responsible for my phone bill and i can't lie that one too kind of sucks the life out of you what am i saying i pay for my spotify as well because my mom decided to stop the spotify because i don't know why everybody's moving to what's it called youtube music or something stupid like that like she decided to stop the spotify and I had to pay, you know, as a student, as a big girl, I had to pay for Spotify on my own, five ninety nine. Honestly, on 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 dark days, it's it hits it hits you hard when they say they removed five pounds from your account when there was only four pounds there. So you are even on minus one. Lovely, you know. So yeah, the bills, the bills can choke. I know the bills for me will still come when I do decide to live on my own. But I've told my mother that. I am going to find a job in Manchester. I am going to continually be under your roof until I can't phys I can't physically do it anymore. Until I'm, I have to get married, I will continually stay underneath your roof. Because whether we like it or not, it is the cheapest way to live. And then the second option is to live with somebody and have like a roommate. That is the cheapest, second cheapest option. The best option is to not pay any rent so i will stick to that so my advice is i know i'm lucky that my parents do like my mom is here with me so i uh, she's always a call away you know if there's any emergency and i can always live with her anyway i know i'm lucky in that sense so um i think but i do think if you do have your a parent with you you should i'm a strong advocate of staying in your parents house until you can't anymore 
if you have obviously a good relationship with your parents and they are not affecting your mental health in any way and your family is a healthy and safe space i would always advise living at home one last word and then we're gonna call it a day this has been actually quite fun this has been really fun this has been really fun ah <laughs> Okay, the last one, which I think is the perfect one to choose, actually. <laughs> Someone said, having to call grandmas by their first name. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Have, having to call grown-ass women and men, people that can birth you by their first name. I actually have a funny story for this one. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, um, in my, in college, in my media studies class, right, I, I obviously, you know, I've just come back from, I've just come from Nigeria, respectful girl, you know, respect your elders, that's what's been taught, that's what we preached, you know, that's facts, as you should, you know, and then I remember one time, um, my teacher in, in the class, she must have called my name Hannah, I was like, yes, ma. And then she was like, she said, I can't remember exactly how she phrased it, but she said basically that I shouldn't call her ma. <laughs> she said, don't call me ma because it sounds like mom and she feels like her kids are calling her or something like that. That wasn't a too bad response. But yeah, that's one shock I got. <laughs> that's one shock I got, you know. Um, you could call your teacher miss or sir and that is it so anyone who's moving to uk you know just so you know there's no big respect thing you know which which you know has like i always say has its pros and cons because <laughs> you know moving here you have in nigeria I can't lie, even though my dad always said, don't fear anybody, you shouldn't be afraid of anybody, the only person you should fear is God, there was a very crippling authority, there's always this crippling authority that elders have over us, and I respect and I appreciate that you need to be respectful to you, people that are older than you, you do, but it transcends into actually feeling crippled by it where we are not free to speak our mind and we let them do whatever they want because elders doesn't it equals to wisdom but it doesn't equal to being appropriate it doesn't equal to a good person these people are still people at the end of the day older people are still people as i'm growing older i realize that i'm not that far off from the year before me so in terms of thinking and in terms of my attitudes towards some things. So why do we think that automatically, now that this person has turned 60, this enlightening wisdom and goodness and loveliness and smartness and knows know it all has just been, you know, has just been thrown on this person. Why are we assuming that elders can also be, older people can also be very mean and 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 very mean and horrible people that's just the harsh reality of it anyway i am i am really just going on the tangent here but on this respect thing yeah <laughs> on this respect thing i get it no i totally get it 
you know, they're like, oh, my name's Kathy, you know, call me Kathy. And then I'm, you're staring at the 60-year-old woman. I'm like, ma, what do you mean? Auntie, mommy Katie Abi, what's your daughter's name? Is it mommy Sapphire Abi, mommy this, you know? Let us, let us, let us address you the appropriate way. And that was a very huge thing for me too, because when I see anybody on the in the corridor in my school in college, I'll be saying, good afternoon, sir. Good morning, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Good morning, sir. The whole time, I would look at everybody else, and no one is saying a thing. They don't even acknowledge that their teachers are, are, are around. They don't, if they could even, even though that teacher taught them, taught them the an hour before, <laughs> even if that teacher taught them an hour before, the probability of now greeting that teacher later is, is very slim. It is very, very slim. It is very slim. Anyway. Anyway, that's, that is... <laughs> ah, I've been talking for a while. Damn. One hour straight just talking. Guys, I really hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, this, I said show. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast because um, my mouth wants to drop. I've been talking too much. Anyway... Let me quickly conclude on this thing. Um, yes, yeah, so British people are generally comfortable with you referring to them as your first name. I had this lecturer, uh, I have a lecturer, sociology lecturer. Her name is, well, I don't, I don't need to disclose her name, but it's either you call her professor or you call her by her first name. Simple. Nothing like miss, nothing like ma, nothing like this. Um, yeah, it's just something you get used to. It's hard to get used to it. And I'm sure when you first moved, that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing. You're like, ah, how can I call this person by their first name? How can I call this person uh, Sophie, Sophia? You know, how can I do that? But you get used to it. You will get used to it. Just remember to switch back when you move to Nigeria, when you go back to Nigeria <laughs> or visit Nigeria. Just remember to, you know, code switch in in quotes. Ah, anyway... That brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you so, so much for sending in your answers. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I did not bore you halfway through. And yes, I will be releasing episodes every Monday, hopefully, God willing. And yes, thank you. You can follow me on my Instagram well, the podcast Instagram, Lagos to Lancaster. And yeah, you can, I will be, you know, putting up polls, surveys, things like that, just to hear what you guys, you want to hear and just your reaction to things. But yes, thank you very, very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of Lagos to Lancaster. My name is Hannah, many people know me as Ade Towon, and this podcast is going to be discussing the experiences of students who live in UK or abroad from the perspective of students who have not always lived in UK or abroad. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you enjoy the upcoming episodes. Thank you very much.